0: Tour junkies. Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast for the Wells Fargo Championship 2019. This is a great episode. It's very, it's a crisp episode. It's the 200th episode of the Tour Junkies podcast, and me and Pat just, I feel like we're really in the groove on this one. There's some agreement. There's a lot of disagreement. We talk a little bit about some betting, DFS golf theory in this episode. We're going to talk about the 200th episode, Mark, and what that means. We really appreciate all the listeners out there. Thank you so much for the support. We greatly appreciate it. Hey, listen, if you enjoy what we do, support us a little bit and go to tourjunkies.com. Check out the shop. We've got some new items in there, the best golf towels you can get. The Azalea Polo is fire. I think we only have about five or six of them left. If you want one of those, you need to get that. We've got a new T-shirt out, the BOEM T-shirt check that out it's only 22 bucks cost you nothing just check it out if you if you appreciate what we've done for you over the last 199 episodes hook that up we're going to give you all our favorite plays all our cash locks for dfs all the guys that we think you should avoid and the reasons why we really appreciate it in the chunk and run segment tonight we're going to talk about caddies and the impact they have on players and what we've learned from getting to know a lot of the caddies out on the PGA Tour, and then we're going to talk about game shows, game shows that we would be great at hosting, game shows we would suck at hosting, game shows that we would that we would be good at and bad at. And Pat's going to talk about a show I've never heard of. It should be a good one. Thanks for listening. Episode number two hundred. Enjoy. What's going on, golf addicts? DB here of the Tour Junkies. It is not only the 2019 Wells Fargo Championship Preview Podcast, but, Pat, it is our 200th episode of the Tour Junkies Podcast. Good for us. Yes. They, us. Way go us. Woo! Yeah! We have, we have done 200 episodes. 200. That's a lot, you know? I mean... We've been doing this almost almost four years. You know, we, we had the TJ Origins and Tribal Knowledge podcast drop last week trying to educate the listeners on, you know, the, the, the history of the Tour Junkies, how we got started, some of the inside jokes, some of our favorite moments, all that kind of stuff. What in the world is boom? You know, and, and, and it talked a lot about how this whole crazy thing got started. But, man, we've done it 200 times, which is crazy
1: 200 it that just first off makes me think of like 200 times of getting drunk slash buzz <laughs> there's probably like lots of listeners out there who will never even reach that number their entire lifetimes
0: well no no um, no because so. a lot of these are our interviews and we don't we don't usually drink when okay all right good so all right that makes feel a little better makes feel yeah better. so i'd yeah. say probably like 150 of them are those moments where, okay. we're, where we're getting getting inebriated? Huh. But yeah, it's still a lot. That's still a lot. Um, I, you know what I think? My mind went to when I thought about the number two hundred. I was like, "Wow, how many hours? First of all, worth of listening is that? Because our I'd say our average show is probably somewhere in like an hour and fifteen to hour and twenty minutes. And you start thinking about how long is like three hundred hours. How long is that? That's like more than that's like twelve or thirteen. It's like two weeks worth of content, you know. And then I started thinking about the time that I've spent producing the thing, editing it, and publishing it, you know. And then I started thinking about that, and then I started kind of get pissed off at you. So I had to take my mind somewhere else. I was about, about to, I was about to say that I could see where that was going, but. Yeah, I am pretty pretty proud of us and we really appreciate the listeners. Thanks for the love. Hopefully we can go 200 more and still stay relevant and still be kind of cool. Um, I feel like our I feel like the cool factor is kind of worn off as there's so many people doing this now. I feel like we're like the old geezers in the bunch, you know. Especially you, like you're kind of bringing down the average age of golf podcasters. Or bringing it up, my bad.
1: Well, you know. I mean it's just, it's not a space for all the for all the young guys, you know. Everyone we need we need some older, more more, uh, you know, a lot more wisdom, uh, you know, wiser, those those mm-hmm. type folks. Um, hmm. Yeah. Speaking of oh. wise, you know, back in the day, the the uh, the whole weather wise segment that was one we oh. had. I was uh, That's I right. missed that. I forgot about that. I missed the weather wise segment.
0: Yeah, early on in the podcast, like. I started noticing it after you know a dozen episodes or so that every week Pat would say, when he was doing the course preview, he would go, and uh, weather-wise, you know, you're looking at probably some wind and a little bit of rain and da-da-da-da-da. He loved talking about the weather, just like an old guy. And he would always say weather-wise. And so that became kind of a running joke. And then we cut the weather out of the whole show, trying to make it Trying to eliminate a few minutes, you know. And now yeah. we just ramble about random stuff. But we cut the whole weather part out of the show because it's not relevant on Monday night. You know, it changes so much. But weather-wise was a thing. Yeah. That mm-hmm. was definitely a thing. Yeah. Um, you know, the 200th episode I'm happy about, I'm proud of, but but we're not here to just, you know, gloat about 200 episodes, you know. Um, we're here to we're here to move on. And we had the Zurich Classic last week, John Rahm, Ryan Palmer. Um, thank God for John Rahm, says Ryan Palmer. I mean, he just... <laughs> he uh, he, owes, he yeah. owes John Rahm a lot. He got, Palmer got – shout out to our boy Michael Caridi from Australia uh, who visited us Masters week, and we did a fantastic periscope with him. If you haven't watched that, you're missing out. But our boy Michael Caridi taught me a great new saying in Australia that I've really enjoyed using, and it, and it perfectly describes Ryan Palmer's uh, g- week getting John Rahm as his partner. And as they say in Australia – yeah, mate, he got kissed on the dick with that one. You know what I mean, mate? <laughs> yeah, Palmer definitely got kissed on the dick, getting John Ramos' his partner to lock up his card for another year and a half or whatever it is. I mean, Palmer wasn't playing terrible, but he's just he had not won in like how long? And it was some like John six Rahm. or seven
1: years. And, and yeah,
0: John, oh, what a
1: how did they end guy. up together? Was it a bet or something? What, wasn't it like a yeah, bet between the time. caddies or something like? Because yeah, I know, you know I know Palmer's re- regular partner in this has been Jordan, but obviously, yeah. I mean, good good for him by the way, kicking Jordan. <laughs> yeah, to talk about an upgrade.
0: <laughs> yeah. Swipe right on Ryan Palmer. Way to go! <laughs> there go. Um, well, it sucked oh. for us. I, I had a nice little ticket on Scott Stallings and Mullinax at sixty to one, eighty to one or something like that. And oh, they, they sucked on Sunday. Trunk slammed. Yeah, they didn't. Trunk sun- yeah, they, they they were bad on Sunday, and then of course we were pulling for Joel Damon and uh, Brandon Harkins. Those boys, of course. But uh, anyway, the Zurich is what it is. Um, let's move on. Lots of new listeners of the TJ Origins Pod. We appreciate you guys stopping by. Um, the the other thing that we we had to talk, I think, deserves mention is shout out to our boy Travis Fulton. You know, Pat, we're gonna spend a second on this because we need to give the listeners a heads up. Uh, Pat's member guest is this weekend, and yours truly is said guest, at uh, the lovely Landings Club in Savannah, Georgia, which is the site of the web.com event that we were just at a couple weeks ago, Deer Creek. Lovely golf course in Pat's gated community. I will be making the trip there on Thursday evening. We'll be playing Friday and Saturday um, and everyone just needs to be on the lookout for Instagram Live, Insta Stories. You must be watching those at Tour underscore Junkies on Instagram, and then of course Twitter at Tour underscore Junkies. Watch that. Be on the lookout for the Periscopes, live Periscopes, and as Periscopes before, are quick. Periscopes, Periscopes are quick. Yeah, yeah. In moments like this, a lot of times we end up posting it, and then an hour later we're like, oh my god, we got to take that down, and so we take it down. So just be aware that you need to catch it when it happens. Um, we've, we're going to have a great night Thursday night, golf on Friday. We're going to really tie one on on Friday night because Saturday night we have to behave and get up early Sunday morning for a couple functions. So we gotta, we got to be on our best behavior. But, you know, it, it, it's a big deal. It's past member guests. It's a major, you know, if you're, if you're a member at a club, it's a major. And I, I want to show up good for you, Pat. And, you know, we talked about some goals. It was a listener question on the Chunk and Run earlier in the year about some personal goals for our own golf game and you you talked about some of yours and and uh, I'm not sure if you've really executed on those yet but one of mine was a personal goal to 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 get my driver under control you know I hit it a long way but I don't know where it's going and I have really been grinding at this for years and I am just maybe you can empathize with me I have the same move, and I know what the move is, and I know what the problem is, and I've, I can put myself on camera and go. That is the issue, but I cannot make my body stop doing it. It is a deeply ingrained motor pattern that I've had a hard time breaking. And Travis Fulton, um, our, our buddy Travis Fulton Golf, one of the top instructors on the planet. If you're not following Travis uh, on Twitter and especially Instagram, you are you are doing it wrong. you're doing it wrong. On Instagram, it is Travis Fulton Golf. He's got like 65,000 followers on Instagram. He's one of the best instructors in the in the country but he's a friend of ours and he's known us for a few years been on the tour junkies podcast and poor Travis I you know I gotta I gotta kick myself in the crotch here a little bit like I have bombarded him with, with videos through the years of like man what is wrong with me you know and he did a video and he uh, conspired with you and even my wife called the the intervention and he had he did he did an intervention video on his instagram i think it's a igtv thing which i really don't even know what the hell that is but uh it is quite hilarious and if you haven't seen it you need to go watch it but pat your part in that was quite funny but i i have been practicing since that video and i gotta say i'm feeling pretty good about where my game's at right now i got a practice round tomorrow at my at my course champions of treat. And I'm going to come in on Friday ready to roll. And I'm I'm looking to make some money. I'm looking to win our flight, get in the shootout, and provide the listeners with some damn good content, and you with a damn good partner.
1: Well, I appreciate that. Um, You know, I'm I'm coming in, you know, in relative good form for for my standards. So I've I've been hitting it hitting it real solid. Uh, You know, playing my game, hitting fairways, not getting into trouble. I mean, you know me. I mean, here's my game is just. It is what it is. I'm not scoring a ton of birdies, but I make some pars, and uh, I uh, I don't get myself in a whole lot of trouble. It's hard to get yourself in a lot of trouble when you're you know hitting at 250 off the tee because you know if, even if you go a little well, bit left generous. or 240 maybe 240 yeah. 250, you really it's hard to even reach the uh, the crap you know the native area. <laughs> You so, can't really
0: create. You don't create enough side spin with that with the speed yeah. that you're generating there. Yeah. Um,
1: so um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be fun. But that video was fun. You have got. If you, y'all have got to go check it out. Pretty good stuff. Um, it is funny. It was yeah. a it was a good um, idea. That basically a, a little backstory. This this came up like really. I mean, Travis was like texting me on Tuesday morning of this week about it and uh, or last week about it, and I did a quick video. I got your wife to do one, and he put it all together, did a fantastic job. A little jab at you about your Jordans, which I thought was just absolutely hilarious, yeah. the Jordan golf shoes that you you just love. Anyway, yeah, yeah. good stuff. Got, got to check it out.
0: Um, yeah, it, it really is a good time. It's a good video. Uh, along with that, a couple other small announcements. The Boam t-shirt was released last week on the sly very suddenly um many of you learned for the first time what the hell boom is last week when you listened to the tour junkies origins podcast we had a couple of tweets be like man i finally learned what that means that's awesome thanks guys uh but the boom t-shirt is in the in the tour Junkies shop tour uh go shop in there get your t-shirts 22 bucks support the cause, okay support the cause. it's a black t-shirt make you look slimmer you know black makes you look skinnier for all you all you boys uh And it's we copied the Supreme logo a little bit little red and white boom on there and there's no TJ on there or nothing and it's just the word boom so you're just going to confuse the hell out of a lot of people so you might as well go ahead and get that 22 bucks right just support the cost. That's all all it is. Um, And uh, and then the last thing I got to say is we got to get on that chalk bomb if you if you people aren't on the chalk bomb we we had a hiatus last week with the Zurich with no DFS, but the Chalk Bomb has been nailed lately. Nailed it again for the RBC Heritage. Get in on the Chalk Bomb. Go to tourjunkies.com. If you scroll to the bottom of any page on our website, bottom right, put in your email, and you are subscribed to the Chalk Bomb. You can't miss it. There's a dude. It's a GIF. It's American Gladiators. He's got chalk. Just do it. All right? It's the best piece of content delivered to your email inbox every single Wednesday night, giving you all the last-minute information you need, 10 key facts that you need to read before you build your lineups and of course the chalk bomb the guy who we project to be at least 17-18% owned in most GPPs that we think is going to bust and normally about 15 reasons why they're going to bust So, and there's always a chance to win a tailor made driver if you pay attention to the chalk bomb as well so sign up it's free, it's easy um, I'll tell you what, you could get the bone t-shirt and sign up for the chalk bomb two for one and it only costs you 22 bucks plus shipping I mean, you can't go wrong. You just no. can't. Um, Pat should. I'm. I'm wondering. No, no, I won't do it. I won't do it this week. Uh, I, I won't do it this week. Uh, I, I, I want to make that announcement about the thing that we talked about, the contest that we talked about. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Man, maybe I, wait. I, maybe maybe wait a week. Should we just out. tease it? Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's get uh, let's get to this then. We've got we got to talk about the golf course. Wells Fargo is the uh, Wells Fargo Championships. We're talking about the Quail Hollow Golf Club in Charlotte, North Carolina, right up the street. Great spot. Love this golf course. We visited there in 2017 for the PGA Championship. Um, And the course breakdown coming at you from Pat Perry, but brought to you by our friends at Elite Events and Tickets. And we talked about Elite Events. Good dude. If you want tickets to any sporting event, any golf tournament, any concert, anything like that, the Super Bowl, the NBA Finals, March Madness, the, the, the PGA Championship, wherever you want to go, elite events and tickets can get you tickets, can hook you up with hospitality, lodging, tickets, all kind of good stuff. We trust these guys. They've been in business about 12 years here in Augusta, Georgia. We trust them. We know them. It's where we get our tickets for Masters, et cetera. If we're going out of town and we're going to go see a show or another sporting event, that's what we do. Elite Events and Tickets is where you go. However, you, you 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 could go there if you want the tickets for yourself. But here's what they're here's what they're doing for the tour junkies, folks. They're saying, hey, you guys got smart listeners. You got guys that that are hustlers, right? If you if you've ever considered owning a franchise and being a franchisee, Elite Events and Tickets has an offer for you. They are now offering franchisee programs where they hook you up with all the training that you need, both uh, in, to start up and to keep going. They give you the software you need. They give you the proven process that they've developed over 12 years to make this thing make money for you. You can do it from home. Make money from your kitchen table, man. That's what you can do, and it's easy. All you got to do to get more information is go to EliteEventsAndTicketsFranchise.com. Now, it's a long URL, EliteEventsAndTicketsFranchise.com, but you guys are smart. If you want to go, check it out, EliteEventsAndTicketsFranchise.com find out get a little more information we know these guys we trust these guys these aren't fly by night losers so do that we appreciate elite events they they were our first sponsor we talked about them in the tj origins podcast last week they were the very first company to write tour junkies a check and say we want to advertise on your show and we appreciate those guys pat tell us about the golf course
1: Yes, so we are at the Wells Fargo this week in Charlotte, North Carolina. Love Quail Hollow Club. This is just a fantastic course. You and I, like you said, got the chance to come here for the PGA Championship, and it's just a, it's just a great course. Very just, just lush out there. I mean, the grass is, is just green and it's perfect conditions, and uh, so it's, it's a wonderful course, and can't wait for this week. We all, also have a great field. Uh, but it's a par 71 playing just over 7,500 yards. This is one of the longer courses on tour. I mean, it's a beast. Uh, Bermuda grass, Tita green. The greens are overseeded with uh, POA, but they're playing extremely firm and fast. They're going to be anywhere from about 12 and a half to 13 on the stint meter. Um, I think it's important to, you know, when you look out here at, at, at courses like this, the par fives, I mean, you've got to score on these par fives. That's where you see. The folks who've who've done well here in the past, they're they're scoring on the par fives because they're pretty much all gettable, especially for the long hitters. I mean, there's um, you know one par five is is maybe it's it's not going to be in play for some of the shorter hitters, but the longer hitters can get all these get to all these par fives and two. Uh, you got four par threes all playing relatively tough, all over 200 yards. Um, I mean, excuse me, three of the, the four are over, two, are over 200 yards. And then the fourth hole is playing at 167. Uh, and that was one of the holes that was actually kind of changed a little bit back in uh, 2016 when Fazio redesigned a little bit of this course, made it a little bit longer, took out, uh, you know, kind of changed that that front nine a little bit. Uh, right after James Hahn won, by the way, in 2016. So they kind of uh, Hahn-proofed it. You know, like they tiger proofed uh, the Masters uh, after Tiger won so many times. They they must have honed proof this thing after uh, after he won uh, after what eight straight miscuts. I don't know, yeah. but um, again, this is just it's a great course. I mean, you look at it as far as uh, you know, as far as off the tee, definitely got to have length, but. I mean, there's some tight tree-lined fairways here. You know, there there's uh, there's some tough sight lines. There's a lot of dog legs out here. So, you you know, yes, I do think that the longer hitters have an advantage here, uh, and we've seen that in, in the past. But you do have to be relatively accurate off the tee. I, I'm looking at, as far as stats are concerned, always form and, and course history definitely strokes gained off the tee. I looked at good drives gained, uh, which is a stat on Fantasy National that I like, which basically is saying if you even if you don't hit the fairway, you're still hitting the green. So I like that that stat. Also par 5 scoring, greens in regulation and scrambling we've seen in the past that guys that can scramble around this course because the rough is uh it's it's a little bit difficult you know you had a guy like jason day last year who's a great scrambler do well so that is uh those are the stats i'm looking at as far as past champs i mentioned jason day last year you had brian Harmon in 2017 but that was at eagle point because they also played the pga championship here at Quail that year, which of course Justin Thomas won. So we'll want to look at when we're looking at history. We'll, we'll want to look at the PGA Championship in 2017, not Eagle Point. James Hahn here in 2016, Rory McIlroy in 15, and then JB Holmes in 2014. So there you go. There's your uh, there's your course breakdown for the Wells Fargo Championship.
0: Love to see a full field event, 156 players, top 70 in ties, make the cut, a lot of edge to be gained. Um, you know, we talked to our boy, well, I'm sorry, I can't say his name. He's a caddy on the PGA Tour and has been for a long time and may, may live in the Charlotte area and knows this golf course very well. Says, quote, these Bermuda greens are fast as shit. They are big and they have silly contours. That is the quote from said caddy. Uh, talks about how distance off the tee is key. Bombers are going to keep bombing away. Um, and he definitely likes the strokes hand off the tee stat that you brought up and scrambling as well. So just some catty insight there for you. Uh, for me personally, I chicks dig the long ball. So does DB. I'm, I'm going bombers. I'm going guys who make their hay on par fives. Um, par five scoring, if you look at the last few years, historically is where a lot of the leaders really, really did it. I mean, you can finish – you mentioned these par threes, they're tough. You can finish even or even plus one or plus two for the week and still come out on top as long as you really take advantage of these par fives. There's tough par fours on this course where par is a good number. But if you're going – if your guys are going through these par fives and getting pars, you are screwed. So I want guys who really (laughs) score well on the par fives. Definitely looking at strokes gained approach, opportunities gained. I like that stat. Mm -hmm. Um this week as well, and the, and scramblers, you know, guys that are going to get up and down when they miss these greens because they're going to have a lot of mid to long irons into these greens, and when you miss undulating super fast greens, which can happen if you land on the wrong plateau or the wrong side of the green, you got to be able to get up and down. Um, we haven't touched on it in a while, but that opportunities gain stat I really like. It's a it's a proprietary stat to our friends at Fantasy National Golf Club. Basically, what it means is. Um, how many how many opportunities a player gives himself where he lands within 15 feet of the hole location, either on the green or on the fringe, in regulation or under regulation on par fives, uh, or I guess in some drivable par fours as well. So opportunities gained really tells you a lot about who's putting their ball close in regulation or close to regulation, and giving themselves those opportunities for birdies and eagles. So I really like that proprietary stat. Again, you can only get it on FantasyNational.com. If you've not already joined FantasyNational.com, I'm not sure what you're waiting on. If you listen to us, we talk about it every week because it is the stat provider for everything we talk about every single week. It all comes from FantasyNational. National. If you've not signed up, you can get 20% off of any membership that you select, whether it's weekly. It's weekly monthly, or the yearly membership, which we highly suggest for the best value. Um, and if you go to fantasynational.com TJ, fantasynational.com TJ, you automatically kick in that 20% off when you sign up for the membership there. Um, there's a lot of things you can do with Fantasy National, and the stats are just one thing. You can build lineups with it. You can look at course history, a lot of data. Uh, you can customize it to how you want it. Um, and there's also, for people who just want the easy way out, They run simulations, okay? It's like crazy. They'll, like, just do all the work for you and spit out golfers, and you can take them and go. Um, People, members of Fantasy National this year have won well into the millions of dollars on draft. If our listeners alone have won over a million, that's documented. I know Fantasy National listeners have won in the millions this year on DFS. So, fantasynational.com slash TJ is where you need to go. Check them out. Pat, we are going to get into the picks. We're in the 9K and above section on DraftKings, kings we're going to give you three gpp plays a cash lock and a fade pat why don't you start buddy we got a lot of good names here this is a studly field with two weeks uh you know in two weeks we'll be at the pga championship everybody's gearing up we might see a weaker field next week i'm guessing but you got a, you got some decisions to make here up top in the 9k and above range in gpps where are you going dude
1: yeah, I, I agree. You do, and I will say this from a strategy standpoint. I'm kind of leaning a little bit studs and duds this week for sure. I just I really like a lot of these guys up top, um, you know. So I think that's that's kind of where I'm leaning right now, especially in GPPs. But um, I'll start with a guy who's uh, hell. I don't know if is, is, is he number one in the world right now, or he's either close. But that's Justin Rose at ten three. I love him this week in GPPs. You look at the stats. Um, you know, he's 13th in the field. I'm, I'm looking at over the last, like, uh, 24 to 36 rounds. 13th and off the tee. He's fifth in strokes gained around the green. Checks the box in par-5 scoring. A guy that, look, I know he he uh, he missed the cut, was extremely disappointing uh, as far as the Masters was concerned. I, I know a lot of folks were, were hoping he was going to do well. But before that was T8 at the Players' Championship. I just think we're going to get a little bit lower ownership on him than we typically would see um you know he does have good course history here finished third here in 2016 also fifth in 2014 so from an ownership standpoint everything else i like some justin rose at ten three. then all right hold
0: on before you move on I, I want to talk to you about justin rose yeah i knew that so, this so is... well no no I, I i agree with you i'm i'm i like justin rose um I found it weird, and I guess I just didn't remember, because I didn't have any Justin Rose exposure in the Masters. I was shocked that on average his ownership at Augusta was around 14% on DraftKings GPPs, which is probably lower than we've seen Justin Rose at the Masters since DraftKings started DFS. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was a little shocking to me to see how low he already was and then the miscut. cut. Um, So, it'll be interesting to see where the ownership falls. I think that's where, you know, you're really going to have to to monitor ownership levels to check out Fanshare. Um, But I'm with you. I I like Justin Rose here. Now, he did miss the cut. You you talked about two good finishes here. um, But he did miss the cut here at the PGA in 2017, which is a little – another kind of weird anomaly for him. Yeah. He Um, was, like, right – I think he was right on the cut line from what I remember. But Yeah. Um, but, uh, okay, I just want to point that out. But but I I, I actually agree with you there. I, I like Rose. I'm not fighting on that one.
1: Yeah, I, I think he's a really good GPP play this week. Um, I skipped over him, but really because Justin Rose is kind of one of my favorite GPP plays. But I like Ricky Fowler, too, at 10-6, a guy who's won on this course before. Mm. Um, stats are a little mixed here when you're looking at the last several rounds for him. I mean, he's he's always checking the box off the tee. Um, checks a box in that good drives gain stat that I mentioned earlier, also in greens and regulation, and opportunities gain, which was one of your favorite stats. He's top ten. But par five scoring's a little bit off, so that does concern me some. But I I like Ricky Fowler this week. Um, He's he's obviously played this course extremely well in the past. He was in the top five here when they played it at the PGA Championship. You know, coming off of, uh, you know, a top 10 finish at the Masters and, you know, top 20 at the Valero Texas Open. So I think I think Ricky Fowler should be a good play this week. And, by the way, he was t- T21 here last year, so I like him as a GPP play. Fading those both – well, I don't want to say – I'm not, like, making a claim that the R- Rory and Jason Day are fades for me, but I'm going to start with Ricky. But I could see me kind of moving towards maybe – playing a little bit of Rory um, later in the week. But then my other guy that I love for GPPs is Tony Finau at 9,300. Just love the guy. When you look at his his history here, he was T21 last year, T28 and 16, T16 in 2015. Is a guy that just is, I, I don't know, he's been solid pretty much the, the whole year. And I, I feel like he's starting to come on, under the radar a little bit. I don't know. It just – he's not really a guy that is everybody's – like last year I feel like everybody was plugging him almost every single week. But this year I think he's coming in a little bit on the radar. He's six off the tee, top 15 in the field in opportunities gained, also top five and par five scoring. The deal is going to be scrambling. That's where he hasn't been that great this year. So I, I may be a little bit concerned there. But I like some Tony now at 9,300. And I think his ownership, like I said, is going to be low – so uh, so there you go. Those are my three GPP plays this week.
0: All right. Interesting. Um, we actually have three completely different GPP plays. Um, I, I, I did say I like Justin Rose. Uh, he was like the fourth guy for me. Um, just below him, I'm going to go with Hideki Matsuyama at 10-1, finished fifth at the PGA Championship here in 2017. Didn't have a great tournament here last year. Still made the cut. But a pretty good run at Quail Hollow the years prior. This is obviously a golf course that he likes. He's His ball striking is arguably the best on the PGA Tour lately, especially with his iron play. He checks the box in par 5 scoring. Everything you need him to check the box in, he's going to check the box. So uh, I think Hideki's uh, Are you fantastic. concerned at all about like... I mean...
1: I, I, I know he's like in decent form I and mean, he's made like every single cut on tour this year but I just don't feel like he's I mean for a guy that's 101 so the you know the what the fifth highest priced guy he just really hasn't contended all that much like when is he doing anything on Sunday like is he backdooring into these top tens that he's got I mean, yes what's,
0: yes that's exactly what I was about to say it feels very much like he's backdoored a lot um I mean but if you look since January He's got, I mean, his best finishes, a third, a 15th, a ninth, an eighth, you know, with the players, tough field. Ninth at the Genesis, Riviera is a, very, a similar golf course to here. Um, you know, 32nd at the Masters, he kind of backdoored a little bit on Saturday, and then he kind of crumbled on Sunday late. But, um, yeah, I, I just – I get it. I, I still just – the ball striking is there, and, and you're hoping – I mean, you're you're counting on the putter to – do something for Hideki but yeah I, okay. I think he's a solid play at 101 um I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go in in theme with your Justin Rose play a guy who trunk slammed and ticked off about 15% of people at Augusta National uh, a couple weeks ago and that is Paul Casey um finished basically dfl at augusta god and i don't know what happened to him uh, at augusta but um, yeah he was, it was that was, it was so terrible it was not good uh it was not good he was around 15 percent owned i could you know maybe he crawls under the radar a little bit as a result but i love the price and the value at 9500 he finished 13th at the pga championship in 2017 um you know fifth here last year He's, he just he loves this golf course I think I think it's a great course for him he's got plenty of distance he is number one in the last 24 rounds in par five scoring your strokes gained on par fives eighth in opportunities gained in the last 24 rounds um you know hits a ball plenty long I just I, I kind of like a little more balanced approach as you can tell I mean I, I like Hideki and, and Rose in the five digit mark but um I think I'm liking the balance approach a little more this this week, and I, so I like Paul Casey. I thought that was a good play, and then finally, you know, I can't avoid any Gary Woodland. Uh, Gary yeah, Woodland's at, when he's at nine thousand on a golf course that rewards bombers and rewards par five scoring, in which he is sixth in the field over the last twenty five rounds. You know, twenty third in the field in strokes stroking around the green over the last twenty four rounds. So he scored on par fives. He's scrambling when he misses greens. He bombs the golf ball. Finished twenty second here at the PGA Championship in twenty seventeen. Uh, missed a cut here last year, but before that had a twenty fourth, a fourth, and an eighteenth at Quail Hollow. Likes the golf course. It's so nine thousand. Like, uh, yeah, I, I would, I would, I would rather have him than Phil than. Webb Simpson, then Sergio. I mean, I, I, I love the opportunity there with Gary Woodland, uh, and he's just had a tremendous season. So at 9K, I think it's too, it's too much to avoid. He is also my cash play. Coming off the miscut here last year, uh, I like Gary Woodland in cash. I, I love the 9K value there. Who's your I, cash play? Did I kind of figured that was going to be your cash play. But
1: for me, I'm going to go with Fowler. And I think the kicker for me, mm-hmm. to the reason to take him as is, is cash is – for all the things I said about it, you know, for a GPP play, but also putting. I mean, the guy's just putting really well lately. He's third in the field right now uh, in strokes scheme putting over the last 36 rounds. So this is a course where you, I mean, again, like we talked about fast greens, undulating greens, you've got to putt well. And I like the fact that he's, he's trending in the right direction there. So I think Ricky Fowler will be my cash play uh, up there at 10-6. All right,
0: who's your fade?
1: I'm gonna fade Webb Simpson, the, lo- the 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 local guy. Ooh. I mean, a guy that he, you know, look when you look at checking boxes, um, certainly tends to to check boxes here. But you know, he's 98th in the field off the tee, so that's not really that great. I mean, he de- definitely around the green is always is always uh, a, a guy that scrambles well. But you know, he's he's forty third in in par five scoring. It just I, I don't know. I feel like he always has a little too much pressure here. I mean, I know he lives out here and this is like his home course and thing. everything. Yeah, but he's thing. he's so up and down. I mean, you look at the last few years, I mean, he's had like a second in two thousand fifteen, then the next year he misses the cut. Um, you know, he was T twenty one last year. Um he missed a cut in seventeen, but that that was equal point. But I just, I don't know. I'm not, I don't like, and the price too is part of it at 9700 I think that's just way too much for Webb. If you put Webb there in that 8K range, I would have yeah, loved yeah. that. I would have loved for him to be right there in that 8K range. I would have been much higher on him. But where he is at 9700 just not a big fan. So he will be my, my fade this week in that range.
0: Uh, my fade is right there above him, Sergio Garcia. Um, you know, he and Fleetwood popped on at the Zurich, but I feel like watching that, Fleetwood carried that team a lot. Um, and prior to that, you had him miss the cut at the Masters, 54th at the Valspar, you know, 22nd at the Players wasn't bad. But, again, I mean, he's at, at the price he's at, at $9,900, you are going to need him to finish at least top 20, top 15, to, to really return value there, and he's not checking boxes. He's 50th in strokes gained, par five scoring. He's 114th in scrambling, um, and he's ne- he hadn't played here in the last five years, and he missed the cut here at the PGA Championship in 2017 when he did play here. So he, he clearly doesn't doesn't I don't know what it is. He, if if he just doesn't care for the golf course, or he doesn't like playing at this point of the year, or whatever it is, um, he just doesn't have a lot of positive memories here. So I'm out on Sergio. I think he's an easy fake. Um, let's get down to the 8K range. Uh, Pat, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll start us off here. We're going to give you two GPPs, a cash lock, and a fade. Now, I, uh, I'm struggling a little bit here. I'm struggling This was a a tough
1: range. This is, there's not a whole lot of guys here either, but it's tough. Yeah,
0: like, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll kind of talk this out for the listeners here. I I quickly eliminated Stenson and Reed. I'm just not... I'm just not going to play Stinson and Reed, And I know Reed has an okay history here, but still out. Um, Kokrak, M, Glover, Howell, Byung-hun-an. That that kind of mid-range, I, I kind of like all of them. I don't really like any of them, but I kind of like all of them. You'll be shocked to hear that I'm out on Johnny Vegas. Um, I'm out on, on Aaron Wise, despite his runner-up finish here last year. And and Luke List, I feel like I've already seen on Twitter today. You know, we don't listen to podcasts or read articles, but I've seen a lot of chatter from our boy Pat Mayo. You can't, you know, you can't avoid Luke List like I can't avoid Gary Woodland. And I feel like Mayo is gonna raise the raise the chalk on Luke List to 8K. I feel like he may be a fade for that reason. I wasn't on Keegan, so it's like, how do I nail down two GPP plays out of Kokrak, M. Glover, Howell, and Ann? Um, so I, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna try to maximize this. Uh, Byung-hun An is going to be my cash play. I'll start there. I'm going to play uh, Ann in cash. He finished 28th at the PGA Championship. And when you look at the stats, he's crushing it. Uh, 37th in par-5 scoring over the last 24 rounds. 11th in strokes gained approach. 10th in opportunities gained. The irons are dialed. First in strokes gained around the green. And 10th in distance. I, I mean, this, from a stat perspective, Byung-Hun-An is absolutely bananas right now. Um, the miscut at the Heritage, whatever. Like, the Heritage isn't a golf course for him. Uh, but T seventh at the Valero before that. So I think An's going to be a little chalky, so I'm going to play him in cash as opposed to GPPs. But in GPPs, I'm going to go with Charles Howell third, checking a lot of boxes for me, um, especially strokes gained around the green, distance, par-5 scoring. Uh, he did make the cut at the PGA here in 2017, but he basically finished DFL after the cut. But finished 21st here last year. Um, you know, he's a Southern boy. He likes fast Bermuda. I feel like Charles Howell's a good play here. Uh, so I'm gonna go with him. I, I'm gonna avoid Sung J M. I eliminated Sung J M because he's a rookie. I feel like experience might mean something here. And it's just tough to avoid Jason Kokrak with with the the iron play right now is so so good. The scrambling isn't great, but he does sit it a long way. The iron play is that good. I got I to gotta give a slight edge to Kokrak over Glover. So I'm going Kokrak and CH3 and GPPs and Byung-hun and Cash. Stinson is my... I'll go ahead and knock that out. Stinson is my fade at 8900 He's giving you... He, he's showing no flashes of greatness right now. No flashes of upside that could get you... you know, Earn you the value that you're going to pay $8,900 for... I mean, he's got a—he's got zero top tens this calendar year. Um, it's just not it, it just, the form; just hasn't been there. I think Stenson's an easy fade. So that's the 8K range for me and my process. <laughs> this is where it gets good
1: because this is where you and I I's thinking just is totally different. And here's the thing: I'm—I'm I'm with you that um, you actually just did exactly what I think every uh, every dfs player is going to do um they're going to immediately gloss over stinson and patrick reed um and which they should uh-huh. which which maybe they should but you know what i want to gain a little edge i think you're gonna have uh you, you might have those are two guys that just have not been the greatest of form but you know are still stud players. Now, let me throw out this by the way. Reed is going to be my fade. So, I'm not talking about Reed. I'm centering on, on the one guy that you just said you were fading, and that's Henrik Stenson. I like him in GPPs. You look at his last 36 rounds, he's actually, you know, the stats are checking. I mean, he's there. I mean, he's off the tee's he's good. He's second in the field in good, good drives gained. He's seventh in greens in regulation. Checks the box also in opportunities gained and par five scoring where he hasn't been very good at scrambling around the greens his his form is actually coming around a little bit i mean he was terrible at the beginning of the year but you know had a 24th finish at the valspar 36 at the masters a guy that's just been off the radar but i like him you know kind of coming around in form and i think that price is Definitely, I agree. I think it's one that people are going to think is just too high for Stenson. But I want to gain an edge there, and I think in GPPs, I'll play him. I like Stinson. He's one of my favorite GPP well, plays this week. So, I just – look, here's the thing. I mean, this is a 8K range is extremely important to look at. And you got guys like Kokrak, who's been in good form all year, Sung J.M., who's been a DFS darling, Glover, same thing, Charles Howell, which I love. Charles Howell's my cash play, by the way, for all the reasons you said – um, and then you got, like, Ben On and those guys. So, I just think Stenson and Reed being overlooked, especially Stenson, is is a mistake. And I think that's where you – this is – I feel like that's where you might could gain an edge in your GPP lineups is, is taking a guy, pivoting off those popular guys that everybody's talking about right now and going with a Stinson, which is why he's he is uh, one of my GPP plays. And I like Sun J.M. I mean, you kind of didn't – you weren't a huge fan of his, but – Look, I know he missed the cut at the Heritage, but I think maybe that might not have been the greatest course for him. No, I mean, um,
0: I, what I'm saying is, I mean, in Kokrak, M. Glover, Howell, and like, I like all, I kind of liked all five of them, but as I was eliminating them, I basically went to Sung JM and I was like, well, I I, I wouldn't mind a little experience here at Quail Hollow, first time out, which obviously he's proven he doesn't care. I mean, he mean, I mean, he's he's crushed it all year. That's the thing yeah, about him is he's yet, every course. Yeah, he's I get been... that, but I'm just saying when I didn't have a strong feeling for him against those other four guys, it was easy for me to eliminate him. And yeah. I will say this, your Hendrick Stenson logic, this is kind of a love fest, but at least your Hendrick Stenson logic to me, I get it. Like, I get it. You, you're you accurate with the par five numbers, with the, the iron play, you're right. Uh, the, you know, Tita Green, he has been pretty solid the last two outings. Um and, and, and I, I think you're right. I think it is a price thing. It is a – and that is where you have to – you know, we talk about ways that you can differentiate yourself in a tournament lineup, a GPP lineup. There's a few ways you can do it. One, you can take a guy who nobody else is on and you have a lot of leverage on the field there. Number two, you can fade a guy who everybody's on and hope he sucks. And when he does, you're, you're, you're you know you're, you're getting a nice edge over 20% of the field. But another thing you can do – is overpay for a guy that's a quality golfer that not a lot of people are on because they feel like they're overpaying. And this is what you're talking about. And that is a viable thing. Now, I don't think you need to do that with half your player pool or do that with, you know, three or four guys in your six-man lineup. But if you if you nail down a few, you know, or one or two here and there, that, that this week you're gonna, you know, I'm just gonna overpay for them even though I don't love the price. I, I got a feeling and they check these boxes and I get leverage. That is a viable play. So, I don't like the play, but I like your thought process, which is refreshing because most of the time your thought process is bullshit. Anyway, wow, well, I appreciate that. Well, and it's the, here's the
1: thing too. When you're looking at Reed just below him, I mean, at least for Stenson, the stats show that he's improving. For Reed, it's the totally it's totally opposite. They're both not Stenson and Reed are not in the the like fantastic form. But Reed had the stats don't show at all that he's even going to improve. I don't see it, so that's why he's my fade this week in this category because I just don't, I don't see it. I'm not even, see, I'm not seeing any stats to back up something that may show me that he might have all of a sudden have a great week. So there you go, that's the fade. And I mentioned as Ch3 is is my cash play this week. I just think he's just so solid, you know, week in and week out. This is a course. He, you know, you mentioned he didn't play great here in the PGA Championship, but this is a good course for him. So,
0: well, wait a minute. You have Stenson and M as your GPP plays. Okay, all right. Okay, Stenson and M, and then CH3 is your cash. I'm just yes. trying to get this straight. Yeah. Okay. All right, that was good discussion. Let's get to the 7K range because um, this is this is another tough one.
1: This is tough.
0: <laughs> this is so tough. Yeah, we're gonna give you three GPP plays, a cash lock, and two fades. Oh, man. Um, I mean, I guess I'll. Uh, I, I honestly still haven't made a full decision on this yet. Um, I am confident of, of one guy, and that's Keith Mitchell at $7,800. Yeah, so let's
1: go ahead and get him out of the way because you and I knew yeah. we were going to agree on that. Yeah.
0: And he is also my cash play in this range. Um, so he's a GPP play, cash play. Love him. Don't care the ownership. Checks all the boxes. <laughs> love some Keith Mitchell here. Um, in terms of. A couple of GPP guys that I feel uh, – Sun Kang right below him. I, I'm kind of digging on some Sun Kang, and I think people are kind of getting on to him a little bit. He's 12th in the field over the last 24 rounds in par-5 scoring. Hits a ball uh, a long way. Um, you know, he's consistently making cuts. His last missed cut was a waste management open. $7,800, I feel like you get a cut maker. He's probably going to be somewhere 10, 12 percent owned. Uh, maybe get up to 13 or 14. If he gets much higher than that, I might, I might fade him for sure. But I think Sung Kang is interesting. Um, he did play in the PGA Championship in 2017, made the cut and finished 44th. But he's an aggressive player. I feel like DraftKings points you, you can, you can look to get some good action out of him there. And then I've got two plays that I can't decide on. If I'm going to play the chalky guy. In in tournaments, it's Trey Mullinax. Obviously a bomber. Basically carried Scott Stallings at the Zurich Classic last week to the top to the top ten finish that they had. Checks the box and opportunities gained, strokes gain approach and par five scoring. Yeah, so if I'm gonna go the more chalky guy, I think it's Mullanax. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take a stand here and I'm gonna go with a little more of a flyer. I think it's gonna come in around five percent or less. Um, and that is Wyndham Clark at $7,400. Absolutely flushes the golf ball off the tee, very aggressive, um, third in this field in par five scoring, 37th in scrambling over the last 24 rounds, hits it a long way. I, I think Mullinax is an interesting move, I mean, sorry, not Mullinax, Wyndham Clark is an interesting play. He's, he's a perfect GPP play, a lot of boomer bust upside. Uh, he's making cuts, you know, he, he, he hadn't missed the cut since the Sony, um, but he could also barely make the cut and finish DFL. Um, so I, I like Wyndham Clark. I think he's close. I think he's I think he's close to a top five and possibly even contending to win. So there's there's my guys. Mitchell, Kang and and uh, and um, Wyndham Clark, and and Mitchell is my cash play. Okay, well, I can't. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't. I don't hate
1: you at all on any of those guys. I mean, I'm with you on Keith Mitchell. He is. He is one of my GPP plays. I actually don't have him as my cash play, where I think you could play him in cash. But I'm surprised you didn't mention my cash play, which is Joel Damon. I mean, the guy's just been solid week in and week out. I mean, just he's a cut maker. He had a. He had literally a four tournament stretch this year where he missed like three or four in a row, and I think he's probably hurt during that time. And other than that, yeah. he's just been extremely solid. I mean, just every single week making cuts. He was T-16 here last year. He you know, he missed a cut here in 2017 on a different course on Eagle Point. So it's a, it's a course that he's obviously shown he can play well here. So I think Joel Damon is just, for me, just a great, solid cash play. Um, so I'm going to play him. I, I Here's a guy that I'm going to play in GPPs that I just hate. I can't I can't freaking stand this guy. But I just feel like he's going to end up somehow being there come like Saturday or Sunday with maybe even a chance to win. And that's Rory Sabatini. It's 7700. This guy This guy just I can't outfit
0: say, Sunday was absolutely just vomit worthy.
1: How bad. It's terrible. But you know what? I mean, he's he's 30th in the field off a of tee. He's a good scrambler. He's checking the box in par-5 scoring. He's been in good recent form. I mean, the guy's been, been playing. He's been golfing his ball. Um, you know, top 10 at the, at the Heritage. He's basically made like, I don't know, like seven or eight straight cuts. And all of them like top 30, top 40 finishes. So, I mean, he's just been solid this year. So, he's gained – 21 strokes on the field over his last five events i don't know i have i have a hard time just just fading guy, a guy like sabatini i think he's he's someone you can definitely plug into your lineups so i like him Ugh. down at the bottom a, a a little bit cheaper guy i'm gonna go with some sam burns another guy in really good recent yeah, form i, I mean like 7200 he was top 10 at the uh heritage top twenty th- Top 23 at the Valero, Texas Open. Top 15 at the uh, Punta Canta. Punta Cana. Damn it. I always say Canta. Resort. And then, um, I don't know, another guy like Rory. You know, just making no, cuts. No,
0: no, 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 Don't Don't put Sam Burns in the category. Yeah, of sorry. That's Rory, terrible.
1: wrist tattoo and That's terrible, wearing. yeah. I, I meant like my, my comparison was uh, more yeah. from just the solid yeah. play. So, I like some Sam yeah. Burns there. Down to the bottom at 7,200. So there you go. We can talk about fades next, I guess. I have a feeling you and I are going to have some similar fades here, but I could be wrong.
0: Well, I just think at the, at the top, you know, it's it's value based. It's course fit. Please and tell me you're going to finally play, fade Zach Johnson. Please tell me. As much as I love playing Zach Johnson, I'm finally fading <laughs> Zach Johnson. <laughs> Watch, he's going to he's going to win. He's going to win. He's going to win this golf tournament. Zach Johnson um, is not
1: winning this tournament. He's my <laughs> one of my fades, by the way. I'm not talking anymore about Zach.
0: Yeah, I mean, horrible on par fives, despite you know being a really good wedge player. Um, lately, the last 24 rounds, it hasn't been great. Um, the history here is is okay. It's, it's not bad, but there's not a lot of it to speak of. Um, so, yeah, I think ZJ is an easy fade for me. And then I tried to stay up in the top tier here. I'm going Daniel Berger at seventy-seven hundred dollars. Um, I don't know what Burger's doing, and I'm following him on Instagram. And all he's freaking Instagramming is on his boat. I really feel like the guy just popped on the PGA Tour for a couple of years so that he could pay for his boating life and his fishing. He's got life. a badass
1: okay. boat from from a he from one a boater, boater to from one boater to another. Kudos to you, Berger, because <laughs> that boat is
0: awesome. Yeah, I mean he's just so hit or miss. I mean, his 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 form when you look at it is just all it's all over the map. Um, yeah, he's probably gonna be low owned, but I just at 7,700. I I, God, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'd rather play Rory Sabatini. Imagine telling your 20 a 2016 year old a 2016 version of yourself that you'd rather played Rory Sabatini over Daniel Berger come three years. It's it's wild, uh, how the world turns, but I just would. Um, but yeah, I'm those two are my fates.
1: You know what's funny about Burger is like at first like it came up when I was just doing research, I was like, eh, maybe I, I really want to play Burger. Like I thought like he he was like coming up as maybe my G P P play and then I just I just couldn't do it. I just can't do it. I'm with you. He's yeah, just it's, so inconsistent. It's, uh... it's just hard to do. But um I'm going to fade a guy that I think might be a little more popular as a play because he's won here before and that's JB Holmes at 7900. Just not a huge fan of his. I mean, you look at his recent form, nothing great. He was he made the cut, but he was 67th, 62nd at the Masters, T71 at the Valero. Uh, I think he and Bubba missed the cut at the Zurich. I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe not. I can't remember.
0: They, but I, no, I think they made it, but they they didn't do well. Yeah, and, um, and he, look, they he did he, miss it. Yeah,
1: look, he's. I mean, yes, he's won here, but other than
0: that, I mean, not ah, great. I see. There, so I don't I just, think he's gonna be popular. If I, I, I tell you what, this is it's funny how this happens. Like when guys make themselves villains. The DFS world does not want to play him. It's Patrick Reed. It's it's J.B. Holmes. Um, if you look at his last six tournaments, his highest owned tournament was the Valero at seven so percent. I don't think he's going to be high owned. I know he's a former winner here. He's a bomber. He's seventy nine hundred bucks. I I bet he doesn't. I bet he doesn't crack ten percent. I'm not saying you should play him. I don't mind the fade. But I don't. Um, I don't know but, if there's any.
1: I mean, this this group is interesting because I don't know. Yeah. You know, like Keith Mitchell, who we're talking about as our cash play, is probably going to be the highest owned guy. Yeah, yeah.
0: So well, to check all right. that, come come Wednesday night, you need to go to FanshareSports.com. We talk about Fanshare Sports every single week because we use them every single week. Fanshare Sports. Does all the podcast listening, all the tweet reading, all the article reading, all the YouTube watching for you? They talk, they they figure out and tally up who's getting talked up and who is not. You can go on FanshareSports.com and check out who the popular plays are, projected ownerships, all that kind of stuff. If you're playing tournaments, if you're playing DFS golf tournaments, GPPs, you need an ownership an ownership edge, and you have to find the leverage every single week. And Fansharesports.com is where we go every Wednesday night to get said leverage. If you use promo code TOURJUNKIES, promo code TOURJUNKIES, you also get 20% off. Our friends over there FanShare, are offering that to you. And they also, like Fantasy National, have a weekly, monthly, and annual membership that you can get 20% off on no matter what. They also do the NFL when that comes around. So you got football, you got golf, covers you all year. 20% off, fansharesports.com, promo code Junkies. Very easy to do. That is uh, where we, you can check out your ownerships. All right, Pat, 6K range. I've only got two plays here that I like. Um, any final thoughts? I'll, I'll start with, uh, I think, well, where is he? I can't find his. Where is he? Come on, David. Where together. together. Come on, so David. Maybe you should start. Maybe you should start. All
1: right. I'm going to start with a guy at
0: 6,800
1: who just barely got into the Zurich Classic with his partner, Curtis Luck, oh, who you yeah, and I both so like Talk about some Hank Leviota at 6,800. Look, the guy's Love just, him. I mean, I like the fact, by the way, that they got into that tournament last week and finished, I think, top five. Had a, had a good finish. Had, he's got some confidence there, but he's been playing really well this year. When you look at you know the stats he's checking the boxes too i mean you look at good drives gain top 20 uh he's top 10 in the field and scrambling top 20 in the field and par 5 scoring just a great solid player who i think uh definitely could play well on this course so i like some hank LeBiota. um who else this is a this has been an interesting category for me because i really don't love a whole lot of guys down here um uh, you go with your next guy, and then I'll give you one more.
0: Well, Lebiota is one I had very easily circled, ready to rock and roll. Love his style of play. He's aggressive, hits it a long way, can score on these par fives and take advantage. Um, really like Lebiota at 6,800. Uh, my last guy is a guy who burned some folks at the RBC Heritage, but overall has had a tremendous year and kind of quietly making a case um, – well, he's probably not really, but he, he's going to... Right now, I would say he's the second... He's the runner up to the rookie of the year, and that's Adam Shank at $6,700. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Shank is checking boxes. I mean, he's he's 19th in the field. This is over the last 24 rounds. 19th in this strong field in par 5 scoring, 15th in strokes gained approach, and 22nd in opportunities gained over the last 24 rounds for Adam Shank at $6,700. Now, you know, again, did miss the cut at the Heritage. The scrambling, the putting wasn't great. Um, the driver and irons were okay. But before that, a 7th, a 33rd, you know, a 29th, a 30th, a 16th. I mean, the guy's just been pretty solid since February. Um, he's missed one cut or two cuts since February. So I like the value at $6,700 for Adam Shink. That's it for me.
1: All right, I'll go. I'll go my last guy, kind of a, a local guy you and I always love, but it but tends to play this course really well. And uh, that's Vaughn Taylor at 6,600. I'm gonna give you a give you mm. cheap, cheap guy. He missed a cut at the Heritage, but before that had been playing pretty well. Uh, had made three straight cuts, uh, including a top 20 at the Valspar. Um, has played you know, has played well here in the past, you know, this last three years has made the cut um so i think i think von taylor might be a good little cheap play down there that's uh worth a look for sure
0: all right one and done pat i am at the point where i am just like i don't i don't know i'm like barely at one and a half million dollars in the one and done i am abysmal i'm killing you than me but still very bad like that's how bad I am. I'm double the amount meet. of money you have, but I'm and still you're bad. still bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm at the point where even in this ridiculously stacked field where the cream typically rises to the top on a tough golf course, I should probably be taking a top ten kind of name, but I'm not. I'm going to take Keith Mitchell. That's that's. I need a little leverage. I need Killa Keith to win this golf tournament, and he's not going to be highly picked in the big – one and done that we play in, and I just needed to happen. Other than that, I don't freaking care about one and done. All right. Well,
1: here's what I'm gonna do, and it's this is gonna, I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to, maybe pick up some ground here. I'm gonna go with Stinson, and my one as my one
0: and done pick. Ooh, that's a good, yeah, that's a good one. I like that. It's a, I like that play. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's get to the chunk and run tonight, Pat. We've got a uh, lovely chunk and run segment tonight. By the way, continue to submit some chunk and run questions. All right, send them to info at tourjunkies.com or you can go to tourjunkies.com and go to the contact form and let us know. uh, Yeah, just let us know what you want to hear. Chunk question anything about golf, whether it's us playing golf, PGA Tour, betting golf, DFS, watching golf whatever, anything about the sport of golf and the run section, anything else, literally anything else. Okay. So send us some questions. We need more questions. We do appreciate it. Uh, All right. Here's the first question of the night, the chunk question of the night. How much of an impact do you guys think a good caddy has on their golfer as opposed to a caddy without as much experience or knowledge? That's a good question. Pat, mm-hmm. what do you think about that?
1: Well, I think it depends, but I do think, um, for one, the short answer is that yes, I think a caddy has a huge impact um, on on a golfer, um, but in different ways. I mean, you have some caddies that are, are extremely good at you know course management, reading greens, um, doing all that kind of stuff, but then you have other guys that are just you know really good at. You know being a you know kind of that sounding board for the player but that player tends to make a lot of his own decisions and that kind of stuff but they're they're good at you know keeping their player relaxed keeping them um sort of in the moment and that kind of thing so caddies they they play a lot of different different roles out there Uh, you know when you're when you're looking at these guys like you know some guys they don't they don't really want their caddies reading putts and doing whatever else but they need a guy that they can you know maybe they have a you know they're they're a little bit torn on a club or whatever and they need a guy that's going to be real with them a guy that's going to be honest with them so i I think though that being said you've got to have a good caddy on tour you can't if somebody were just to play a a season on tour with just some guy carrying the bag there's no it's there it's they're not going to have a good year they, there's got to be one quality that's great that this caddy has, whether it's the caddy that's great at course management, reading greens, doing all that kind of stuff, or the caddy that's the opposite, that's just the good sounding board, keeping you relaxed, all that kind of stuff. But so it's it's sort of um, I don't know if that answers the question, but I mean I think all caddies sort of have different qualities that um, are great and that help these players out when it comes to winning tournaments.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's very, very relative and very subjective to the player. And uh, I mean, we've we've interviewed, man, we've we've probably interviewed close to a dozen caddies in our 200 episodes. You can go back and listen to those. And I think about some of them a lot, and they're they're different, you know. I mean, a Kip Henley is different than a Paul Yeah. And I think it, it just I mean, depends yeah, greatly like, on what.
1: Sorry, is fe- like a coach out
0: there almost. You know, he is a coach. I mean, he yeah. is Webb's coach. Yeah, um, which is different. So yeah, I, I think I think it depends greatly on the player, um, and the definition of a good caddy is is relative to what the player needs. And I think there's a lot of players out there who are highly cerebral, and they have done it. You know, I mean, you think about like, man, I mean, you don't. You don't have a caddy until you turn pro. You know these a lot of these guys. If you played college golf competitively, like you are your caddy. You're you're reading your putts. You're, yeah. You're getting your yardages. You're thinking about wind. You're thinking, you know, like so some of these guys get out on tour, and they're still gonna do that. I, I'm actually surprised at how many caddies don't read putts and you know like really help the golfer f- walk through the golf course like. A lot of these guys do it on their own. And what they need the caddy for is attitude, you know, the, 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 the laughs, the relax, you know, the relaxed vibe that you're talking about or somebody that they respect and that, and that respects them enough to say, hey, man, that's a dumb decision or, hey, this is, this is what you need to do, not this, you know, and, and call them out and be honest with them. But, I mean, we talk, I think about Michael Collins, the, the ESPN guy, that a lot of you guys know Michael Collins he's hilarious um but I mean we had him on the show like three years ago and he was a stand-up comedian that knew nothing about golf and he was in, he literally went from stand-up comedy to caddying on the PGA tour he didn't even caddy on the web or the nationwide he went straight from stand-up comedy to the PGA tour because a guy needed a guy that could loosen him up and make him laugh and there's a lot of guys out there like that, or guys that can just get them talking about anything but golf. And so I think it's very, very relative. But I do think that there are a handful of world-class guys out there that no matter who you are as a player and no matter you know, how much you may want a funny guy on the bag, you would take him if you could get him. And those guys are guys like Bones, who when he retired a lot of people wanted him. You know, I think about Paul Tesori for sure. I think about Adam Hayes, John Rahm's guy. Been out there almost 20 years. Um, you know, you've got, and I'm, and I'm sure I'm missing a lot of them, but you've got guys who are so elite in terms of caddies and understanding golf and the golf courses they play every, every, every week that really you would take them no matter what. But other than that, I think it's so relative. So there you go. Any other thoughts on that? No, just so. Uh... All right. Here is the run portion of tonight's show. This is a this is a fun one. This one came in to us from a listener, but I can't remember who sent it in. Um, and it's kind of appropriate, you know. There's a guy, a sports better, on quite the heater on Jeopardy, Pat. I don't know if you've seen. this. Yeah, that, I've seen it. He is on the, the huge question heater. Here. Yeah. Uh, the question is, what game show would you be the best at, and what game show would you like to host? All right. Pat, what what game show do you think you would be the best at? If I'm thinking some kind of drinking game, but I couldn't I couldn't come up with I didn't I didn't think those were really televised on network network.
1: No, I think I think that uh, I would be really good at Press Your Luck. What? Press Your Luck. What The hell is that? You don't remember Press Your Luck?
0: Remember Press Your Luck? All right, so this must have been like a early '90s show or something. Yes, so like that's why I don't remember it. I was like six, maybe even eighties.
1: But basically, like you had (laughs) no wonder I don't. You 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 had this button, and there was like this. I I don't know if I know all the like the details of the actual game, but there was like this screen, and you're sitting there, and like there's there's all these categories that you could answer trivia questions on, and you you would they'd go in like a circle and then all of a sudden you go no whammies no whammies no whammies boom press I've your luck that, and like i've heard that phrase I've heard So if phrase. you got <laughs> a whammy if you got a whammy you were dead like that that was that was bad i feel like i would be good i have a very i have very quick hands so i feel like whammies would not be a trouble for me and then i would just just, just kill the trivia questions that they had so yeah press your luck would be the one that i think i could do the best at. All right. no whammies, no whammies for me. Whammies would not. If if I got a whammy, I'd be crying. There's yeah. no way to get a whammy.
0: Yikes. Um, so I think I'd be good at Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, which is kind of a throwback to the 2000s. Um, you know, multiple choice. I'm I'm usually okay with. You know, I can I can at least eliminate one or two. And then I felt like with with Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, even when you got into the tough questions. You know, there was always, like, the sucker answer, and I felt like I recognized that pretty quickly, and I would leverage my lifelines well. I think I would make good decisions there, you know, with the lifelines. And um, just multiple choice in general. I feel like that's my best shot at doing anything is multiple choice. So I was going to say that one or the dating game because I'm just – I'm really a lover, not a fighter, and I just think I would crush the dating game now. Not appropriate now. <laughs> Not appropriate now, because because I'm married. But you know, I remember watching the dating game as a kid and thinking like, who? Even as a kid, I'm like 11. I'm like, who are these numb nuts that are being idiots on these dates? Like these chicks deserve better. And I was like, a, I was like pre-pubescent. Um, but you know, I think I could crush the dating game, and and Chuck Willary or whatever his name was would, would be really impressed with me. I think I think I could. Yeah, camp, I, could I like that. that. One. Uh, again, by, by the way let me go, let me go
1: let me go back to, to press your luck actually just just so I can get the game right. actually once you I, I or just remember this once you answered a trivia question right, I think then then you had the circle thing where you got to press your luck. So if, like you if you got the question right, you could just you could slam on that button as that thing was circling around and if you either hit money, or you hit like a whammy and you didn't want the whammy. So that's 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 how that game works. And I would for, be good at you.
0: Thanks for clearing that up. I just wanted to clarify it for yeah. all the for all the
1: press your luck people out there who love that game and I got that wrong a little bit, but I just I just wanted to make sure. All the
0: pressure luck people. I'm sure we have so many of those listening. Um, all right, game show I would like to host. I think Family Feud would be the the most fun. I mean Steve Harvey and the guy before him, I know were legendary, but I feel like Family Feud. I would have the most fun with every now and then they'll throw in a pretty racy question, you know, and I could I could have a good time with that. And and the hosts on Family Feud are kind of allowed to to pick on the people when they make really bad answers. And I think I'd be good at that. Um, and it's not a game where you have to. The host has to be smart, you know, like. I, I, I didn't, this wasn't in the question, but I also thought about games that I would be the worst at. You know, Jeopardy is definitely one of those, not only because as a contestant, I would suck at it because, you know, I hate like art and literature and that always pops up or something, but also as a host, I feel like you, you kind of have to be somewhat intelligent and Family Feud, you really don't have to be. You just have to be street smart and kind of quippy. So I think I could, I think I could do Family Feud pretty good.
1: Yeah, I think you'd be good at Price is Right too. Um, you yeah, know and I was when Prices I was Prices gr-
0: Right. See, I thought about Price is Right as a contestant and I would suck at that.
1: Yeah, but I feel like you could I host think I could Price's host Price is right. right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean old, I, ladies, I don't know. When old I was, ladies.
0: Old ladies absolutely love me.
1: Yeah. You know, when I was when I, I remember growing up when I was sick, you know, and I didn't yes. go to school, like I, Prices Price is Right was, was like a like a must watch. Yeah. hundred um, percent. So and then Jerry I hear Springer. you Yeah. Yeah. For me though, if I'm hosting, it's going to be Wheel of Fortune cuz I'm just sitting there like, "Hey, spin the wheel." He literally does nothing. He,
0: uh, he, he does Pat nothing. Pat Sajak does. He
1: doesn't f- nothing. It, and, and he's my namesake. So Pat Sajak's sitting there like, "Hey, just spin the wheel. Hey, Vanna, turn the letters." I yeah, mean, that's it. What like that's it. Like I mean, Pat Sajak has the best job in the world. So if I'm going to host a show, it is it is for damn sure going to be Wheel of Fortune. I would love it that that would be it i
0: did i did also think of three more that i would be bad at as a contestant and that is survivor the amazing race and um american gladiators which is a throwback i loved watching american gladiators but i don't have the upper body strength to really compete with nitro and laser um but Mm -hmm. in terms of the newer stuff survivor and amazing race i just couldn't do it i'm sorry like i'm not gonna cook a snake over an open flame i'm not gonna have a snake touch my body I'm not going to like walk on hot coals or whatever that shit is they have to do over there. Uh, not happening. Like I said, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I would crush the dating game, but I would suck at all the others. So that's just bonus. Bonus. Yeah. Bonus. Yeah. All right, that's the show for tonight, the Wells Fargo Championship in the books. Enjoyed it. May your screens be green. Go and buy that Bohm t-shirt. Subscribe to that Chalk Bomb. And win you some money. And when you win win some money this week, let us know about it. Tweet us. Instagram us. Follow us. The member guest this week. It's going to be a good time. See ya. Out. Out.